Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Dr. Todd Curtis. This edition of the show features three interviews from BBC Radio that were conducted on July 2nd and 3rd, 2014, shortly after the Department of Homeland Security in the United States raised the security level on selected flights from Europe to the United States because of increased concerns about unspecified groups trying to bring explosives onto aircraft. The first on the 2nd of July was on the show Up All Night on BBC Five with host Rod Sharp. The Department of Transport has increased security at British airports after the United States ordered tighter checks at some foreign airports who offer direct flights to America. The BBC's Tom Esselman joins us now from Washington. Tom, what can you tell us? Well, Rod, yes. I mean, this relates to um, what the uh, US security officials are calling a credible and real-time threat to the United States. And they're saying that... um, not only British airports, but uh, those in the Middle East and Africa with direct flights to the US um, could be affected. They haven't been any more specific about exactly which airports are going to be ones where uh, there will be increased security measures. And they haven't really been much more specific on the exact nature of those measures. Um, They are saying in a statement um, earlier that uh, these will involve seen and unseen security measures uh, at security desks, um, so the likes of uh, what we we understand that to mean is, um, you know, more um, enhanced baggage checks, uh, both hand baggage and uh, and and the ones which go in the hold. Uh, it might mean, um, you know, adding extra items of clothing to the list of things that you have to put through the scanner. Um, there is also um, this is rumor, of course, at the moment, but um, speculation that there might even be. Uh, armed air marshals put on some flights, but that is not confirmed and we haven't had that from directly from security officials. But clearly uh, a threat which is being very taken, taken very seriously here uh, in Washington and of course by counterparts, security counterparts in Britain as well. Tom Asman in Washington. Thank you, Tom. Well, let's join Dr. Todd Curtis to uh, tease us out a bit. He's the founder of airsafe.com, which is an air safety and security website. And he's also a former aviation analyst at Boeing. Hello, Dr. Curtis. Uh, good evening. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, we're all a bit uh, surprised by this. Uh, uh, although, of course, you know, when it's presented in the TV news, they say, well, hi, just look at what ISIS is doing and we shouldn't be surprised. But uh, can you give us an idea of why uh, this is happening right now? Well, because of the nature of the threat, it's something that the various security agencies, both civil and military in the U.S. and in the U.S.'s allies, would uh, keep that information close to the, to the vest and uh, wouldn't let us in on what was their thinking. As uh, was said earlier, there could be a credible and real-time threat. It may not be something that is so specific that they have a name and have a flight number. Otherwise, there wouldn't be such a, in my opinion, a generalized Uh, security increase across a broad range of airports. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the issues here is that the TSA, and in fact the U.S. government, has limited resources overseas. Uh, Obviously, they don't control the security at overseas airports, and unless the aircraft is a U.S.-flagged aircraft, they wouldn't necessarily be able to put on their air marshals on those flights. Oh, they couldn't put it on if it was a British-flagged flight, could they? They couldn't have air marshals on British Airways. That's right. It'll be up to the British government to provide an air marshal or the equivalent if they believe it's necessary or or prudent. But at the moment, only the United States has an air marshal program. Is that right? That's that's right. There's the official air marshal program. But of course, 
uh, nations, including the United States and the UK, have specialized military forces who, in an extreme situation, may be called upon to provide support at the airport, inside the aircraft, or in other ways that we're not being made aware of. Oh, goodness. Uh, I mean, of course, we, we are never aware when we're traveling on a plane with an air marshal. Um, and it could be that we don't know. I mean, uh, Tom gave us a few clues about the seen and the unseen. It sounds like there's rather more unseen than seen. In fact, that is the case and has been for quite some time. Uh, for example, screening of passengers could include looking at their patterns of behavior prior to that flight. If you have someone who has regularly taken a particular flight for several years, once or twice or three times a year, that's one type of passenger. But if you have someone who's never taken that flight before and pays for that flight in cash, well, all things being equal, that person is usually going to be scrutinized, even in a non-heightened situation, because that's unusual behavior for international travelers. And it's, it's true. When we, when we travel now, we're used to seeing people scribble numbers and codes on our boarding passes. We don't know what they mean, but they do. Well, sometimes it's uh, for administrative purposes. Sometimes it's uh, giving a signal to someone further in the process that maybe this person should be taken aside and questioned or maybe their belongings should be searched a little bit more thoroughly. And again, these are procedures that are constantly evolving. And uh, what was done two or three years ago may not be at all what's being done now. Bit of press speculation, at least at least if you put two and two together, make five. Uh, reminding us of the underwear bomber and, of course, the shoe bomber. Before that, how how different pieces of clothing uh, were turned into bombs by some ingenious bomb maker. Uh, there seems now to be a suggestion that maybe some other items of clothing might require a second look. Well, certainly, and uh, the comparison I make in situations like this is something that's quite popular in the U.S. and possibly overseas as well. Uh, shows, especially on cable television, which detail the lives inside of prisons, where it seems that these uh, ladies and gentlemen who have very few prospects on the outside and not much in the way of academic credentials are able to make all kinds of weapons and incendiary devices inside of a locked prison. So given enough time and given enough resources, Creative individuals could do things far beyond the underwear bomber and the shoe bomber as far as fashioning something that can be undetectable and brought onto an airplane that can wreak havoc. Difficult to, at least, it, I mean, we, we live in a new age. Uh, we, we, we are aware of these things. We've heard about heightened threat levels before. The UK, we know, is not raising uh, its overall uh, threat level, its overall security response. So I guess whatever happens, we're just supposed to continue on as normal, are we? Well, unfortunately, this is the new normal. But keep in mind that, in my opinion, this is probably done. This warning from the Department of Homeland Security in the U.S. is done out of an abundance of caution. I would uh, think that this organization would rather have three or four of these events, or even ten of these events over the next few years, where there's heightened security, heightened concern, a little bit more extra searching of the baggage in order to avert something. And also they would do this if they think there is a chance that something is going on without even knowing that there is a specific plot or specific person. If their intelligence sources are giving them some sort of set of signals that's consistent with a planned attack, they'll likely do this again in the future. 
Dr. Curtis, thank you very much. Well, thanks again for having me. The second interview was from July 3rd from the Danny Kelly Show on the BBC radio station BBC WM 95.6 in Birmingham. I've mentioned this story before on the radio when Danielle and I flew back from Mexico. Uh, we were heavy on the suitcases, and the first line of security and defence at any airport is the guy, believe it or not, that actually checks your bags in. And this guy took a bung. He said to me, he leant over, he whispered, he said, and I'll try and put on uh, a dodgy uh, Mexican accent, your case is heavy, if you give my friend a tip, we put your case, otherwise we were looking at $80 because we were overweight on the case. Now, that's the first line of security. You give the guy 20 pesos and he puts the suitcase on. That is the first line of defense. And the guy was corrupt. I want to just go to the east coast of the USA warning about stealth bombs on planes and the fact that security has been raised for flights from the UK to the States. Now, that information came from the United States. Now, I want to cross to Boston, USA, a man who used to work for Boeing, uh, the guy who created the air safety and security website called airsafe.com. Check it out, airsafe.com. And we got Dr. Todd Curtis. Dr. Curtis, good afternoon from the UK. Oh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. And thank you for your time. Uh, just try and describe what the atmosphere is like in the States with the current security threat, please. And particularly, Todd, these bombs that are very difficult to detect, whether that's credible or not. But certainly it's got people talking. Well, certainly it has. But it's a rather low-key affair in the media in the States, in part because most of the changes, most of the increased security is for those very small number of flights coming from uh, Europe to the United States. The vast majority of uh, flights here are unaffected, and in fact, domestic TSA isn't really doing any changes. This is all an overseas situation. So, okay, so flying into the States. That's correct, and uh, the small number of countries, it's not even clear which countries are involved. The U.S. hasn't released uh, that information. Certainly the U.K. has uh, released the information that they are one of those countries. But it's very unclear if this is something due to ISIS, something due to perhaps what happened in Israel with the death of those three teenagers. If this is a reaction to that, or is this some long-term sort of threat that is somehow bubbling up now? What about these bombs that are impossible or very difficult to detect? Do you buy that? Well, I I certainly do for the following reason. Uh, The people who are out there who want to do something like this have had years to figure out how to circumvent airline security either piecemeal or by doing something as simple as, as you suggested earlier in your program, uh, bribing someone at the, at the check-in desk. Uh, again, so long as you have a system that's essentially public transportation, where anyone is allowed to buy a ticket and get on board an aircraft, you will have human beings in that system who will either find weak spots or who are inside the system and are those weak spots. What about ISIS and the spread of ISIS, Todd? Uh, in America, I keep an eye on your news channels as well, and that's big over there, isn't it, the spread of ISIS? Well, certainly. It's big in part because of uh, it seems that a lot of the blood and treasure that's been expended in Iraq uh, seems to be uh, going to waste as ISIS is rolling through and seemingly on the doors of Baghdad. But as far as ISIS uh, representing a direct threat to the United States, although that's in the back of many people's minds and certainly in the back of the minds of people in government, There doesn't seem to be any indication that there is a real and present danger of something happening in the next few days or next few weeks where ISIS is trying to attack directly the United States. But nevertheless, they have sent over, I think, 300 soldiers to protect American interests in Baghdad, like the embassy. Well, certainly. And again, 
we're not made aware of all the various things at all the levels of government that's being done to enhance security. Uh, some of these things are up to individual governments, and sometimes it's up to the U.S. and its allies working together, as is the case with the recent upgrade in air airline security, to keep these threats from manifesting themselves. Dr. Todd Curtis, thank you for your time from airsafe.com. Speak to you again, I hope, doctor. Oh, I hope so, too. The third and last interview, also from July 3rd, 2014, is with Garrett Lewis on BBC Radio Wales. We can speak now to Dr. Todd Curtis, who's the founder of airsafe.com, an air safety and security website. Good evening. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me. Is this the sort of thing that uh, we're already used to, it, aren't we, in all honesty? But should we get even more used to this sort of thing happening, perhaps? Well, yes, because uh, the fact of the matter is there are adversaries out there who are targeting Western interests, including the UK and the US. And uh, let's face it, in spite of all that's been done over the last few years, attacking aviation is still a very high media value target for groups like this. Yeah, why is it such a high level target? Because there are other targets there that don't have the, the, the ring after ring after ring of security around them. Well, part of it is the fact that if successful, hundreds of people could be killed at once. But more important than that, from the perspective of getting your message across, is that the world's media is very much focused on aviation-related events. Uh, one only has to think back to the events of Malaysia Airlines uh, MH370, which has captivated the world, unlike almost anything else. Had that been a ferry boat, had that been a train uh, with that many people missing or, or, or killed, nowhere near the media attention. So it's that vicious circle again, then, that the terrorists need the publicity. The publicity is given by the media, but the media needs to cover the story. And where to break that circle, perhaps? Well, it's a, a vicious circle, but it's also a circle that can be very positive. That is, because the public has such a high level of attention to this sort of thing, you can have a situation like what happened with the shoe bomber and the underwear bomber. Some person who's not a security expert, who just happens to be in the right place at the right time, sees something that looks out of the ordinary and acts, and in doing so, saves the lives of many others. Uh, this could be another one of those situations. In terms of the security, how aware are airlines of the balance to strike between getting people through airports and to their destination in a reasonable time and what, what seems like a very real and credible threat to the actual aircraft themselves? Well, the airlines are very aware of that. In fact, uh, their lifeblood is keeping on schedule and keeping the revenue flowing. Where the disconnect happens, where the problem happens, is that security especially the more serious levels of security, isn't the job of the airlines, but of various government agencies around the world. And they simply don't have the same focus on schedule and revenue that the airlines do. So on occasion, there's some pushback and some tension between those two groups over what is the appropriate amount of safety. In a situation like this, though, where the focus is on a relatively small percentage of flights that are happening around the world, where the problem may be short-term in nature, this isn't having that kind of pushback, at least not what I see so far from the industry. Right. I was going to ask you, actually, if there, I, I guess in a way it's how long is a piece of string, but, but any idea how long these, these heightened security measures are likely to last? It's unclear because that's not something that the authorities in the U.S. or elsewhere telegraph in advance. The threat will certainly be there. Uh, that is, the potential threat of groups out there who are training people to make bombs that are not likely to be detected. It's my speculation that there's other information, other intelligence that's come up recently that points to this time frame and those kinds of flights being at particular high risk. When that threat goes away, the security measure will go away. 
Dr. Kirsch, we, we, we've heard already on the programme of reports in the UK of people being asked to remove uh, batteries from their hand luggage. Uh, Manchester Airport apparently swabbing all hand luggage for traces of explosives as well. When UK travellers get to America, if that's their destination, what should they expect on the other side? Because we've also heard of increased security when people are getting off the plane in the States. Is that likely, do you think? Well, when you're entering the States from overseas, you're going through the Customs um, and Border Protection Organization, which is a different level of security from TSA. Uh, once they get past that, and again, they have their own uh, rationale for checking people uh, more intently. Once they get beyond that, let's say they're taking a domestic flight within the U.S., there has been no appreciable change in any of the domestic security measures being taken by TSA. Okay, thank you. That's a Dr. Todd Curtis, who's a, an air safety and security expert. For more information about airport security, please visit security.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.